From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Tonight, Regina Advocates for Design advocate design in Regina. Stephen Whitworth is here to talk about the glory of Deadpool statuary. Also, we have outstanding improvements, City Hall, WTF, and of course, innovative revenue tools. This meeting is now in session. All right, what's first on the agenda? First on the agenda, well, we have attendance. Uh, first, we have Dale Panucci. Is Dale Panucci here? No. Um, I don't I don't even remember him. I don't remember him even being on, like, the uh, list of people contributing I've, to the I coffee. Have, I have him down here. Do you have him down? Yeah, I think he's a new hire. Oh. Wait, so I, I mixed up the letters in your name. Oh. Okay. Sorry, Paul DeShane. Yeah, that's me. Okay. So I won't do that again. Oh, good. Yeah. That, yeah. Now, also, we have, uh, oh, we, it looks like we've got a, a new, another new hire. It's a woman, Marina Gonad. <laughs> a Marina Gonad. A Marina Gonad. I she would had... remember that if she was a new hire. That's a name I would not forget. I don't think, I think you may have screwed up again. Oh. Yes. Sorry, okay. Aiden Morgan. All right. Oh, I, you know, twice in a row. That that'll never happen again in, never. in future meetings. I can I can promise you that. So, do we have quorum this uh, this meeting? No, I'm sorry, I don't think we do. One day we'll get quorum. Someday. Where's our intern? We had an intern last week. Yeah, I know. Did he quit? I guess. Maybe he didn't like us. Maybe he didn't have fun here. Probably not. It was yeah. a pretty grueling meeting. It was. It was. But we do we do have some guests in studio today. Excellent. Yeah, at the meeting, I should say, we have. Uh, his name, I'm, I'm certain his name is Chris Kaling. Oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah. That's... Hi, Chris. Oh, hello, Chris. So glad you could join us. Hello. So, Chris, um, you're from Regina Advocates for Design? Well, I'm not from there, but I, I'm part of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or an instigator of Regina Advocates for Design, right. as I like to think of it. Okay. So what is Regina Advocates for Design? So it's a it's a group of people um, within the design community, from architects, planners, landscape architects, um, anybody involved in design to some capacity. And the mission of of our mission is to advocate for the importance of design and innovation within Regina's built environment. Right. Um, and how long have you guys been around for? Uh, it's probably getting on close to three years now. Right. So two and, two and a half to three years now. Yeah. How many of you are there? Because I've noticed every time I, like, I've sent you guys an email, you always respond. I'm beginning to think <laughs> you're a little bit like the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. In that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I run like the email dude. list. So, oh, okay. so it's, and there's uh, one of the other significant members is currently in Africa right now. Okay. And um, doing great architectural work in Africa and making us all, you know, feel like we're not doing our part. So. <laughs> right. Cool. Um, and so you've been uh, you've been doing this for a few years. Uh, what kinds of things have you organized to kind of advocate for design? So um, some of the smaller things or simpler things have been bringing films to the Regina Public Library and uh, the Arful Dodger films on architecture, um, design, uh, any anything along that line. Uh, we did a urbanity series uh, in connection with the Queen City Hub, mm -hmm. and that was kind of like a class on urban design. What is urban design? What does it mean to be a resident? How can you impact your city? Those sort of elements. And then that actually translated into another uh, collaboration with um, uh, with the Queen City Hub for an alley activation where we did urbanity open air. 
and um, other things we're working on. We brought we bring in speakers, so we we brought in Paul Jordan from um, the Forks to talk about uh, design in the Winter City. That's the uh, um, the park area in Winnipeg. Yeah, the, so they they did all the work along um, the river. So the the most I guess interesting part of it for us for that talk was was the work that they did around the warming huts mm-hmm. and the design competition associated with that, where they brought in. Lo- well, they had local designers and international designers come in to design these warming huts, and you know, war- keeping people warm was sort of <laughs> maybe not the the most important aspect, but like to create inspirational structures was actually kind of something that was yeah. interesting. So. Yeah. And what was the um, the alley activation you mentioned? Yeah. So we took over uh, the alley between Cornwall and Scar Street. And when was that? Sorry? And that was that was in October. And we were, was it, yeah, that was October. And we were really fortunate because the weather actually, like, helped, you know, work with us pretty good. We had a fairly warm evening. And we just, we brought in artists. We did a call for proposal, um, had some art, artists bring in projection art and sound art. And then we did a, a number of, had a number of speakers present. And uh, Bike Regina had a, a bike valet there. And it was really, and then um, Open, which is another kind of design collaborative group, uh, that is mostly in Saskatoon. They had done this installation that was actually in Calgary and ha- had gone to Saskatoon's Nuit Blanche, and then we brought it to the Alley Activation, and it was called Orange Crush, and it was kind of this amorphous amoeba thing that you could walk through that was made all out of orange pool noodles. <laughs> but oh, really? Like everybody, like you walk through and step on the tiles, and they would light up and. And, you know, people could kind of bounce around in there a little bit. The kids loved it. Yeah. So so that sort of stuck its nose out onto the plaza to draw people in. Yeah. So. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. Um, why have Regina Advocates for Design? Because it's pretty clear that Regina is designed kind of to perfection already. <laughs> it's got good. That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I think, I think Regina's got really great bones to it. You know the city, and I, I think a lot of people have said that about this city. Um, and we've gone through an economic boom, and now we're kind of, you know, who knows where the economy is going through now. But the thought, the beginning thought of Regina Advocates for Design was, you know, we're going through this boom. You know, can can we take advantage of it to some capacity and and start to steer the ship a little bit towards letting Regina grow in a fashion that is more sustainable that does take into account um, quality of life more that isn't just car centric and also you know thinking about what what other cities have gone through and you know because Regina was sort of in the stagnant period and then ramped up it really has this opportunity to learn from other cities both their successes and failures and try not to repeat them like three more stadiums maybe yeah three to five more <laughs> so. I just, I, I actually, I don't like that I, when I wake up in the morning and look out the window, I can't see a stadium. <laughs> like, immediately. Just, it, it drives me nuts. Uh, you should do what I did. Tattoo one on your eyeballs. That is a great, or get one of those, like, x-ray specs, you know, the kind that came with, like, the, the, uh, the hand printed on the, on the glass or the plastic. Damn, that would have hurt a lot less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tattoo. And been a lot less expensive. You can just order those out of the back of a comic book. Oh, good point. Yeah. So, yeah, stadium glasses. Yeah. Yeah, I believe, I believe city council likes to wear them. Um, 
So what what do you feel that uh, Regina Advocates for Design has accomplished so far? I mean, apart from an invitation to meet with the uh, Queen City Improvement Bureau, where mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to take a lot of your ideas upstairs, but uh, where, where else have you been getting some traction with your ideas? Well, I'd like to hope that we've started some conversation, especially with the Urbanity Series, just to get people talking about it more. And... Um, I don't know, and just inspire people a little bit, you know, to think about design. Uh, some of the films we presented have actually had pretty good turnout. So at a lot of those films, we'll just have an informal conversation afterwards about, you know, what that film was about, how, you know, how does this relate to Regina? Uh, one of the films that was really interesting was Strange and Familiar, which was about Fogo Island. But, you know, in, in essence, the film was very much about this kind of context of place and what, you know, what is specific about Regina that could make it unique and interesting and trying to find that. And so, so really just getting the conversation going and, and, and offering information, you know, just, and once again, those urbanity series were about like, you know, here are best practices in urban design. Here's what the city is currently doing. Here's how to do a delegation. You know, here's, you know, how you can find out about various things. So. Right. Are you getting like city people coming out or local um, architects and uh, planners and stuff? There are a lot of uh, architects and and um, landscape architects coming out to this. Uh, there's sort of the I like to think of it as the usual suspects that tend to come out. You know, probably you know more the people that live within the core neighborhoods. Right. But um, also others had come out. So you know, from from some of the suburbs that that lived around our. Uh, around town so so if there's a if there's a part of regina that you think is particularly well designed you know from ergonomic and aesthetic point of view what where what would you point to um i well i you know i think wascana park is really kind of a gem uh, of the city and and if wascana park wasn't there i you know what what would regina wouldn't have anything to anchor itself to you know because it's a city without boundaries um I think another thing, like, so I'm sort of thinking about streets more. There was one of, one of the streets I actually really like in Regina is, I think Scar Street, the pedestrian mall is interesting, mm-hmm. but the southern part of Scar Street, I think is, is quite interesting where O'Hanlon's is. Mm-hmm. And, and I like it for a number of reasons. It does a couple of interesting things. So, you know, there was that whole, um, move that went ahead where O'Hanlon's took over part of the sidewalk and basically, you know, they had built these boardwalks out for a while. They took over parking spaces and then they finally got a permit to basically adopt that, um, part of the sidewalk and turn it into a, a, a consistent, um, outdoor terrace. And, and I know that area of the park had been redesigned a while back so that it has perpendicular parking. And the interesting thing about that is it kind of, you know, there's this side of people that are like, well, I don't want to go downtown because there's no parking. That street probably has the densest parking on it as compared to most other streets. But because the parking is perpendicular, it forces you to drive really slow down that street. Hmm. Because if you think about it, you know, you don't go tearing through a parking lot at the grocery store because, you know, I, hopefully because a kid could come dashing between the cars or, you know, that somebody could be pulling out. So... So it forces people to to move slower down that street, and it makes it a, quite a bit more friendly for pedestrians. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things that you had mentioned you wanted to talk about when you came here today was this concept <clears throat> of sweet streets. 
Or great streets, yeah. Or nice streets. I yeah. like sweet streets. Sweet streets. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about it, I do want to point out uh, we are broadcasting right now on 91.3 FM CJTR, mm-hmm. Regina's Community Radio. They still let us do this. So, yes. <laughs> Crazy, Crazy kids. Stuff. Yeah. All right. But let, uh, yeah. Don't mind me. Continue, continue on. So, yeah, sweet streets. Um uh yeah scarth is definitely like one of the sort of gems of uh of regina um but what do you think what other things do you think you need to make sort of like that you know that critical mass of awesomeness on a street that'll get like people coming there and uh get them to think about it well so so there's a presentation i kind of did on the on this there are two major aspects to streets. There's the public infrastructure itself, which is everything that's within the right-of-way line. And then there's the frame of the street, which essentially are the buildings that surround it. So from the public infrastructure perspective, you can start to create the, I guess, the framework of, of a street. So it's thinking about how much real estate is allocated to humans walking versus vehicles, how much land is allocated to parking, and what kind of furniture is on that street and you know and that means multiple things you know street lights or benches or bollards um do people feel safe when they're walking on that street so you know when you think about walking down broad street or albert street versus walking down a street where you've actually got trees between you and vehicles it it gives this perception of of safety and then also using um utilizing the idea of creature comforts you know that that you've got places that are, you know, kind of cozy or warm and at a human scale. So, you know, people tend to walk on the south side of the street instead of the north side of the street. And people tend to gravitate towards places that are activated. So that starts to talk more about the frame of the street, the buildings on either side. Are you moving by a building that has no articulation on it or nothing inside of it, nothing that's interesting? Or, like, once again, the street on Hanlon's, are you moving by a place where there are are human beings that are moving in and out of the building. Uh, you, you know, you see a friend, well, there's beer in there, so this might be a reason to go in. Uh, things like that, places to go. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, go on. Oh, well, just one uh, One of the sort of great streets that I thought about, because one of the things about Scar Street is that, especially that south end of it, it's really kind of just a, a, a great pedestrian spot for two businesses. Right. You know, you've got like O'Hanlon's and you've got Copper Kettle, and that's yeah. pretty much it. And there's like offices to the north and offices right. to the south. Um, uh, retail density is one of those things that really seems to help. Um, I'm thinking about uh, White Avenue in Edmonton, where you have this like mm-hmm. intense uh, sort of like shop, 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 shop. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of uh, something for everybody there. Uh, so that you don't just you don't just go there for a bar. Um, White Avenue is uh, there's like one block that's kind of the, the whole street is kind of anchored by We Book Inn and the Princess Theater. They're these kind of like two long term tenants who've been on that street for as long as anybody can remember, and they kind of define the character. But then around them, all of there's like enough space that you can have like this uh, you know 
sushi restaurants and dress shops and hat stores and pet stores, and it's all there uh, because you have this intense retail density, like the kind of retail density you would get in a shopping mall here right. that you don't see on the street so often, yeah. which seems to be the problem with, say, um, 13th Avenue, which is a great street, but the retail density is very low there. Right. And if yeah. they could find a way, like there's, a, there's like a vacant lot right in front of the Safeway, if they could right. finally get that developed, that would be you know just enough to create that that north side of the street bit that people could like jump across that you have like the the bleed of um, shoppers going from the east side of that to the west side of that instead of that being sort of like a hard break yeah. in the middle of the road. Yeah, I I, I look at 13, I mean 13th has amazing potential as does 11th yeah. Avenue. Those are two streets that, you know, they're really nice scale. Uh, they're one lane of traffic in each direction. They do have that space for parking, and they've they've actually got a relatively wide right of way, which gives you a little bit of flexibility to be able to, you know, redesign the street with maybe more sidewalk space. Uh, bike lane, of, yeah, bike lane, <laughs> things like that. You know, yeah, important. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and you're right that having that retail density, you know, which draws people and makes an interesting space through which people can move. Right now, it's a very one-sided street. Mm-hmm. You know, there, most of the retail is on the north side until you get to the Safeway. But, the, you know, the the Safeway is sort of this funny thing I've looked at where it's almost, it starts to create like a plaza. There happens to be a parking lot there. Mm-hmm. But I have this romantic vision that like 40 or 50 years from now that that might just be like a, you know. A Swiss chalet restaurant. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, some sort of cloister that you know all these amazing businesses surround themselves on. You know, that that would be that would be grand. Uh, If we could put a fountain right in the middle, it'd be like a little Union Square. Yeah, all the parking would be underneath it. Yeah, (laughs) I still still say the glory days of Thirteenth coincide with Buzzword Books. Uh, which, okay. which oh, is that the left, used bookstore? That, uh, no, it was a new right. bookstore, okay. uh, and it was just north of the Safeway. Okay. And the uh, the owner, uh, uh, Gord, owners Gordon and Carolyn Ames, uh, they moved. They came from Toronto and opened up this mm-hmm. shop, and basically fed my book habit for years mm-hmm. here. And then the, the rents went up, and they they went back to Toronto. Mm-hmm. So because maybe they could, you could make a better go of a bookstore in Toronto than here. It's strange but yeah. there you go so uh, something that's happened in a lot of cities you know with this idea of places that are sort of ripe for d- development and ripe for becoming something is taking on a street improvement mm. and saying okay you know these are streets that we want to be really good retail corridors um they service an area uh, next time the budget item comes around that we need to upgrade the street you know let's look at redesigning the street and making it more conducive to that use. So, you know, for instance, there's all this opportunity along 13th where you could start to put in bulb outs. And I had mentioned to you, like Broadway has started to do, has done this in Saskatoon, mm-hmm. where there were, they did a pretty major street improvement where they did these bulb outs, which basically you're pushing the crosswalk areas out into the street a little more. They actually have bollards on them, so when you're standing on them, you don't feel like you're exposed to the traffic coming by. Um, they've got pretty nice street trees that, you know, some are existing, some are, some are new, and then you know, bike racks and benches and all that sort of standard street furniture that really starts to, to make up the structure of the street. And, you know, where you walk is next to the shops, and then there's this buffer of that furniture that actually, you know, is between you and the cars. So... 
Mm-hmm. So it, and it's done a lot for Broadway. And now you're, you know, when you, if you go up to Saskatoon, you see like, you know, there's there there are projects going up on Broadway that are that are quite interesting and unique, hmm. and increasing density. Yeah, so. yeah, and we definitely have like the street width to do a bulb out where you like yeah. it's like a it's like a circle that juts out a, a half circle that juts yeah. out into the street, so that it cuts down on you know the the crossing time, for instance. Right. Even you yeah. know where you like you're not off the curb for as long. Yeah, and yeah. and you know one of the things you often see if you if you stand on the curb and there's a a large truck parked. Like you can't see the cars mm-hmm. coming, you know. Whereas if there's a bulb out, you're actually at least in line with that vehicle, if not slightly proud of it. So you can actually see if cars are coming. If it's just a, you know, a, a crosswalk where there's not a light. Um, so, so as a, as a Regina advocate for design, yeah. would bulb outs on Thirteenth be the sort of like number one thing that you might? Uh, it would be advocate? a good starting point. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and better street lighting. Would be yes, that there definitely. needs to be better street. Right now, the street lights are designed for the vehicles, but there are some quite there are some areas that are quite dark for pedestrians, uh, especially since there is that lack of retail. Like usually, the retail will kind of light the street for you, but because you've got those missing teeth, there are some dark zones in there that are, mm-hmm. you know, when you know I'm a I'm a white male, so I'm feel less danger, you know, like I'm less in danger. But, you know, and yeah. my wife often talks about that. And she, you know, when she's walking home at, in the evening at dark, she feels a little bit unsafe mm-hmm. there. Right so. Okay. Um, so what's up next for Regina Advocates for Design? What do you have coming up over the next the spring, summer, if there's any well, you can announce? So, so one of the big things we're putting together right now is uh, together with Open, we, we got a grant um, uh, from the... Uh, I think Canadian Foundation uh, for about ten thousand dollars for the film series to continue the film series. So we're going to put together a really tight list of films, and then those will actually start coming out. We're going to do about two more of them at the end of this season, and then starting in the fall, we're going to probably move through about ten over the course of next year. Um, but all like you know, new architecture films from around the world, architecture and design films from around the world. So that's something that we're working on at the moment. Cool. Yeah. And we'll be seeing you guys at City Council advocating. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do our best. Okay. I think actually the you know the the folks the Citizen Social Club is is doing some good work. Yeah, I agree. And making themselves present. Yeah. So. yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for coming in. Yeah. Now, uh, I should I should say that usually when we have people in and they're uh, they're you know nominated as improvement vectors, uh, a we usually have a certificate. Uh, we'll have to put yours in the mail because they're on back order, yeah, as it goes. And often we have a true false quiz to determine their to determine the legitimacy as an improvement vector. Uh, in your case, though, there's only, we'll have a quiz with just one question. Okay. With a true false answer. Okay. That was it. Okay. <laughs> true false. Well, actually, that was true. It was incorrect, but you get the certificate anyway. Because I fed him the wrong answer. Yeah. yeah so, actually, you know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. That, that's, well, that's what happens when you cheat, Paul. I'm sorry. Or Dale. <laughs> Dale. Uh, <can't> cheat. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what's next on the agenda? I think we have innovative revenue tools. We now. do. We have innovative revenue tools. Okay, so, uh, and oh, I was just going to say, every week on the Queen City Improvement Bureau, we look at ways to improve the city's bottom line by coming up with you know new ways for them to raise their revenue, or you know 
save money. And this week you've got one. Uh, th- yeah, this week it comes out of breaking news. Uh, <coughs> Mercedes uh, Motors is actually going to be using in some of their factories uh, human beings instead of robots. What? I know. They're removing robots and putting in humans in place. Apparently, the cup holders on their S-Class uh, are too intricate for for uh, robots to make. Really? But people can make them. Wow, that must be one heck of a drink holder. I think it's probably all gold filigree and elements. <laughs> elements of design. Uh, yes. Yeah, you know, right. the, the usual. Um, at any rate, so I figure that in Regina, we should hop hop on this trend and uh, start manufacturing people. Manufacturing to, people. To, to send to Mercedes. And how exactly would we do that? I, I'm not sure. Maybe there'd be some kind of factory. I'm really unclear <laughs> on the mechanics of how That is a people. factory I would like to work at. <laughs> would you know? I would. I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be lots of openings. So. Oh, good. Although, they all, although all the people will apparently look a bit like Don Johnson. So I don't know why. <laughs> at any rate. Or right. perhaps like you. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> But yes, that's that's what we'll do. Uh, if not to make the cup holders, then they can be the cup holders. Oh, and just hold cups. So you could just get like a person, like a person in your center seat who would just hold your drink for you. Exactly. Right. Could like tip it into your mouth ever yeah. so delicately. Yeah, it's like Uber, but for cup holders. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah very nice. Yeah. And that's that's our that's our innovative revenue tool. Uh, after the initial capital investment, we should be making a handsome profit. That's a brilliant revenue tool. Thank you. Well. Um, if, uh, if that one doesn't get any traction upstairs, though, fortunately we have others. All right. We're back from our innovative revenue tools. That was enjoyable as always. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and so next up we have City Hall WTF. WTF. Yeah. So this week in City Hall, uh, yeah, City Hall WTF, we are going to be taking a look at what? Uh, Ward 12? No. No? No. You know what? There is no Ward 12. Uh, we're going to be looking at Ward 7. In my mind, there's Ward 12. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Ward 7 is, uh, well, let's, uh, let's take a look at where Ward 7 is. Commencing at a point midway between Price Crescent and Juniper <laughs> Really? Just a random point midway between the two? Okay. Commencing at a point midway between Price Crescent and Juniper Drive. East of Pasqua Street. South on Pasqua Street to Ring Road. East on Ring Road to Winnipeg Street. South on Winnipeg Street to the CN Rail Line. West along CN Line then north on McIntosh Street to Point of Commencement. And that's Ward 7. It's a little slice of heaven. So that is Ward 7. Is it actually a little slice of heaven, as our voice tells us? Yeah, I would say it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay, mystical, transcendent Ward. Mm-hmm. That does sound a bit better than Ward 12. Yeah, our um, our voiceover artist there, I don't know if you noticed, I got him in to do all of the Ward descriptions all at once. He's starting to get punchy by 7. Understandable. Yeah. So you're probably wondering about the counselor in Ward 7. No. You're not. Wait, wait. Uh, yes, and I know the per. No, uh, just yeah, I'm curious. Okay, okay. well, the the, the counselor in Ward Seven is Counselor Sharon Bryce. I knew it. Yeah, I knew it all along. 
Yeah, she's. I think this is her, her fourth term on city council, and she is a nurse. Wow. Uh, as her day job. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I've queued up here some uh, some audio clips of Councillor Bryce, and you may remember Councillor Bryce because we spoke to her on the very first episode or very first meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. We were asking her about Regina's zombie apocalypse preparedness plan. I recall. All right, I'm going to play that interview right now. So I have a question for you sure. regarding I emergency measures. To, to um, answer it as best as I can. If I can't, I will give, send you the right person. Okay, right on. Uh, what does the committee have uh, planned in the event of a zombie apocalypse? Well, I'm sure we have everything in place from the police um, to... <laughs> <laughs> the ambulance. So um, I know that there's been a few around the country and around the world. I've yeah. actually seen many photos of them, including one of my cousin's kid. So um, it is a little worrisome for some, not yep. so much for others. Right. So this would be your cousin being dressed up as a zombie or an actual zombie? Is there anything we actually have to be worried about? Well, right now he's dressed up as a zombie. Okay. So, okay. And he's all the way over in the UK. So. Uh, oh, so we have nothing to so worry about here. Nothing to worry about here in this okay. continent yet. But as I said, I do hear rumblings around every once in a while. About do them. we have a zombie apocalypse action plan, though? Um, I'm sure there's one somewhere that we'll have to maybe look at and dust off if needed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you okay. very much. You're welcome. So that was Councillor Bryce and the zombie preparedness plan. Right. And if I recall, uh, back back when we first played that, I made a, a prediction that her cousin or nephew mm -hmm. actually could simply walk from the UK, like on the floor of the ocean to North America and come get us. Yeah. That's probably happening as we speak. I suspect he'd be in Labrador about now. Yeah. yeah. And probably really hungry. Yeah. 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 Looking forward to seeing his aunt. And there's not much yeah. berries, so not much for a zombie. Yeah. Um, Bryce was also involved in the discussions around uh, Connaught School. When Connaught School was, uh, there was a group who brought forward a request to get a heritage designation uh, for it so that it wouldn't get torn down. That motion failed, and uh, Connaught School has since been torn down, and uh, a new school will be built there by the fall of uh, 2017, we're told. Uh, but this is what Councillor Bryce had to say uh, about the motion to turn Connaught into a heritage property. I was very lucky last summer. I had the opportunity to go to Rome. It was a trip of a lifetime. <laughs> if the Roman government of the day decided to tear down buildings, I probably wouldn't have gone to Rome. I would be vi visiting a very different city or not at all. While at St. Peter's Square, outside the Vatican, I was, uh, I looked around and I was in awe of it. That square was not built for what is being used for today though. It was built as a chariot racetrack. So now it's changed in what it does. So I am in favor of keeping this building. I don't know what's going to happen to the building though and that's what scares me a little bit. I don't want to be in favor of something and then the sell they could sell it and it could be something else and then there's no school in the community so that kind of scares me but i am in favor of keeping this building so she did in the end vote in favor of the heritage designation so 
And irony of ironies, they tore down Rome right afterward. They did. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a big parking lot now. Yeah. Well, you know, I never really wanted to go there anyways. Nah. It's just, yeah. yeah. I missed the chariot racing, so what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, during the police budget, uh, there was also a moment where uh, Councillor Bryce stepped in. Uh, Councillor Hanks had been telling a story about a policeman who had... Uh, you know, had an impact on his life when he was younger and how useful policemen are in our city. And this is what Councillor Bryce had to say about his use of the word policeman. Um, I'll just add that I, I know um, Councillor Hanks, when he spoke um, of the policeman, he meant the police officer, men or woman. So I just wanted to add that. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Bryce. We, we knew it wouldn't be complete until you told us that. Uh, Councillor Fraser. Uh, that last place there was uh, the mayor. Ooh, gender equity burn. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And then next up, the uh, during later on during the budget debate, uh, we had a, a visit from, uh, as often happens, from the Association of Regina Realtors Incorporated, uh, Mr. Gord Archibald came to speak. He has bad news. Well, you know, he seems like a he seems like a nice gentleman, but uh, he had this uh, conversation with Councillor Flagle at one point about the question of what counts as fixed income. Explain to me what you mean by fixed income. Well, essentially, somebody who would be on a pension that uh, that really doesn't have any provisions in it for uh, adjustments for inflation over a period of time. So, That's one example. Are you on a fixed income? Uh, I am on an annual basis, yes. Ah, so it's not just the seniors? Not just the seniors. seniors. Three quarters, I'm, I'm assuming our staff is on fixed income. So I'm trying to get this point across that that word always comes out. What is fixed income? A young family wanting to buy a house, two jobs, no other income, working, pick a spot, government, Walmart, whatever. Fixed income, right? Yeah, we Not think of senior it, uh, at twenty-five. Well, we think it more in the context of a seniors on a fixed pension income. I I have no comment. Oh, good, because I do. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, there is there is the nod there to the fa the notion that a fixed income is somebody who's on a pension that doesn't change. But there was a lot of dare I call it obfuscation about what fixed income counts as uh, suggesting that perhaps uh, Mr. Archibald himself was on a fixed income even though he's the head of the uh, uh, Realtors Association um, but I didn't have to step in and say something about that because Councillor Bryce when it was her turn at the mic uh, she also spoke to Mr. Archibald Thank you. I just wanted to make some clarification when we talk about fixed income. So do you have the ability to next year negotiate your salary and increase it if you needed to? Yes. Thank you. So comparing yourself to somebody on a pension income, on a fixed income that way, isn't really comparable, is it? Not in that regard, no. And if you um, didn't have the means to make ends meet, you, do you have the ability to go out and get another job and actually make ends meet? I could certainly try. Thank you. So, uh, Paul, yeah. a square has uh, four sides to it. Uh, is that like a circle? Uh, no. I think I think so. False. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just seems a little comparable to me there. Yeah. The, these distinctions. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, that's uh, that's Councillor Bryce in action at City Council.
represent in Ward Seven. I do. I think. I think, I think that's she's a good representative for mm-hmm. for Ward Seven or right. Twelve. The yeah. Ward in my mind. Okay, so that's it for City Hall WTF. Uh, what is next? Uh, I believe we have uh, Stephen Whitworth. Yeah, we've got an outstanding Whitworth. improvement from Stephen Whitworth of Prairie Dog Magazine. Prairie Dog. Prairie Dog. Yes. Oh, that makes more sense. Prairie Dog. It, it's it's Prairie Dog. Prairie. Is my mic on? Yep. I'm not hearing any feedback. Should I talk really loud? Uh, just talk however you want, Stephen. Um, okay, so this is good. Mm-hmm. So you had an outstanding improvement that you wanted to suggest for Regina. Well, I did, but the first thing is um, there's been some changes since the last time I was here, walking uh, down those uh, steps in that half-lit stairwell to get to the sub-basement that we broadcast out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, we put in some Glade Freshener. Yeah, you've also got you've also got a door. I don't know if it was bricked up before, but um, when I was walking by it, it's a metal door, and it's got uh, a glass window, one of those but wire reinforced glass windows. And I saw this flickering light coming out of it, a little bit like lightning, a little bit like lightning. Yeah. And I looked I looked through it when I was on my way to the studio here because it was in between the the stairwell your stairwell of terror, where I always feel like. I don't know. I, anything could happen. Um, it's and magical. That's the way we like it. This was a room. This room was full of, I, as far as I could tell, people who were undergoing some kind of. They were going, undergoing medical experimentations. It was like they were being experimented on. I'm not sure what, but or what was going on. It was very, uh, but it was very strange. And that is there something going on? A, I don't want to say that this is what it is. But perhaps we are getting a head start on uh, this week's innovative revenue tool. Okay. Anyway, uh, that door it, it comes and goes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah, a little worrisome. No, no, it's uh, it's it's considered good luck if you encounter the door, but bad luck if the door opens when you pass. Well, I'd I'd like the door to be auspicious for me. Ooh, yes. So you just want to see it, but yeah, if if the door actually starts opening, just just pick up the pace. Just keep keep walking quickly. No oh. sudden movements, just go quickly. Okay. All right, and don't go behind the door. No. Definitely not. Thank you for bringing it to our attention, though. Was that everything? Yes. No. Oh, okay. No, you, right. said, oh. you said you wanted to talk to us about some kind of statue <clears throat> I that said. you want to put up. Oh, the Deadpool thing. Yeah, what is this? Well, um, there's a there's a movie playing now. It's been open for a few weeks. Deadpool. It's about a superhero. He uh, he swears and cusses. He kills bad guys instead of arresting them. I think as most superheroes do. Um, he's uh, he's a little bit of a you know. I'm not sure he's his actions are entirely legal or even um, socially acceptable. I think he may be very inappropriate, and yet very funny movie i uh, really enjoyed watching it and, I, I imagine uh, nobody went to see it though it probably made no money at all well well here's the thing um last time i checked this weekend it had made uh very close to 500 million dollars box office total worldwide that's a lot <laughs> that is that is uh, how many improvement vectors could you buy with 500 million oh at least three or four and put up some lightsabers in the plaza um, a stadium in every home, mm-hmm. and chicken in every pot. Now here, now here's the thing. So this is a very successful movie, and it's a very fun movie. Um, turns out Deadpool is from Regina. 
No. He, he, it does. He's a, probably people are hearing this for the first time. No, I'm sure no one's talked about it in the media anywhere. No. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he says in the movie, he's from, uh, he says, uh, he's from Regina, Saskatchewan, and he makes, he makes a joke about the city. I can't remember what it was, but the point is, he mentions that, uh, he's from Regina, Saskatchewan. And, you know, being a newspaper editor, I've always got half a mind on, on, uh, promotion for Regina, because a city I love deeply. And I, I think there's, there could be a lot of, um, I think there, we could get a lot of mileage out of this. I think, uh, we should do something about it. But, you know, I, it, I, apparently I'm not the only one because, uh, there are now petitions online for a statue of Deadpool. Uh, saying that Regina should build one, and yeah. I think that's a really great idea. And I guess as the owner of this unique opinion, uh, it's getting me on all kinds of media outlets, and uh, and not just media outlets, but uh, non-profit civic broadcasts like the Queen City mm-hmm. Improvement Bureau and Human Modification Laboratories. Yes. That was a sign on the door, by the way. Yeah. Okay. I know. Yeah, I forgot yeah. to mention so that the, before. the sign was in English? Uh, Yeah. Wow, it's usually in this kind of like this eldritch script. Very hard to read unless you look at it too closely. <clears throat> then it starts making a kind of sense the more you look at it. But you don't want to look at it too long. And don't say it out loud if you understand the scroll. Okay. Yeah. You guys have the strangest department of City Hall I've ever heard of. Well, compared it's always to an adventure form, coming on this show. <laughs> um... So you can and so you could tell us what was on the door, but you can't tell us what the joke was in Deadpool. I believe it's the city that rhymes with angina. Oh, referring to like the sort of the circulation, like cardiovascular oh, okay. problems in the city. city that rhymes with angina. Yeah. Oh, and I think I think that's the the problem that people have been having because they're saying, well, you know, why should we sort of like celebrate Deadpool when he's referring to like our heart problems? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would be a downer. It's not fun. Yeah, I don't know if I'm liking the statue idea. Well, okay, let me unless let me uh, unless it's like no, I got a point. I got a point. What I if it's funded here. by the Angina Awareness it. Association? I got it. it. They're called ah uh, <laughs> what? The Angina Awareness Association. Ah, uh, Mr. Whitworth has a point. Uh, okay, I know. <clears throat> Yes, Mr. Whitworth. He has a good point. The funny thing is that a joke that might not be funny to people in Regina who hear it all the time is going to be hilarious to the rest of the world. So if Deadpool made this joke about Regina, whatever the specific joke was that I can't remember, um, that's a new joke. If you're hearing that joke in Perth, Australia, or Tokyo, Japan, or Taiwan, China, or any other major city, um, you know, you're going to... um, uh, you're going to be really impressed, and you're going to want to know more about Regina. You're going to be very, you're going to be incredibly interested in Regina, and I think our city has to promote that. And I think one great way of doing that would be the statue that has been proposed. And in fact, I think maybe we should even have multiple statues. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it's a good idea, and some people seemed really down on it. I'm just saying that's the that's my hot take. A I, statue, it's a good idea. I got a hot take. Here I am you, with my hot take. I, 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 do you know? Do you know the joke about Perth, Australia? It's the city that rhymes with genitalia. <laughs> I don't get it. They must I, I, laugh every time they I, hear that. Don't oh, they? I know. Yeah, they're just like, yeah. ha, ha, why do we call ourselves Perth, Australia, not just Perth? Yeah. I, I think that's what they probably think. Yeah, they used to always yeah. call themselves down under, you know, because that's a euphemism for... Ah. Yeah. 
uh, Australia, the continent that rhymes with fun. Yeah. You know, I actually just thought of a really funny joke. <laughs> Regina, the city that rhymes with vagina. <gasps> That's a good one. Yeah. Can you say yeah, that word on the radio? Uh, yes. Wow. Well, it's, I guess it's a, bo- a part of the body. It, yeah. it Not mine. Oh, no. Nor, nor mine. Hold on. Wait, my yeah. Never mind. Let's let's continue. What do you guys think? You brought me on the show for my hot take. I've given you my hot okay. take. So, what has been the response to this idea? I was Luke Oliver was the guy who originated this idea online. Yeah, I believe so. It's yeah. Not a person I, I know, but I'm just looking it up right now, and it looks like he has 1,378 signatures on his Change.org petition, uh, out of a total of 5,000 that he was aiming for. Hmm. No, he could probably use a few more signatures there. Yeah. I agree. So why why isn't this idea more popular in the city? I think we should get behind this. Imagine imagine Deadpool ads in other cities uh, where the ad uh, says, Deadpool, the number one movie in Regina, Saskatchewan. See, it's funny because our city has a funny-sounding name, and people have never heard of it, and they'll see that in another city, and they'll have a slight laugh, and then they'll run home and Google it, and uh, they'll learn all about our city, and that awareness it, is something that has some value to it. What if one in, what if one in, ten thousand people, who sees that billboard takes a vacation here? What if they're from the U.S.? No, that's true. What that's if they true. bring their American dollars here? Do you know what Amer- an American dollar is worth right now? Fifty bucks. I think so. Fifty bucks Canadian. Oh, it's good. Double tourism in Regina. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't exactly. know what tourism is now in Regina. Exactly. Regina, could, I'm sure it could double. <laughs> I'm still laughing about genitalia. <laughs> anyway, you, know else, you know what else what, Perth rhymes with? What? Whitworth. Oh, that's my yeah. name. Yeah. The reason, by the way, we laugh about genitalia is that actually, if you spend too much time down here, they, you lose them. Down here. Yeah. There's, right, there's too much radon in the water. Yeah. Or in the down under of the uh, city hall. Yeah. So, and what has uh, city hall's response been? Um, well, from uh, just from. What I've read and heard, uh, City Hall's response uh, was given by the mayor, who I assume after much consideration and consultation with um, the top marketing and promotional experts that Regina has access to, he said, nope. Guess what? What's that? I actually was talking to the mayor today. Oh, my gosh. For real. You talked to the mayor? I was. I was talking to the mayor. I was actually asking him about municipal water fluoridation because that's also been a, an issue lately. And uh, the city apparently is currently, there will be more about this uh, eventually, but uh, the city is currently saying no to municipal water fluoridation referendum. But I asked him, so you're no on municipal water fluoridation, are you? and you're also no on the Deadpool statue. Uh-huh. And he actually uh, added nuance to his Facebook response. Um, the the audio that I recorded was very poor, so I can't play it on the radio. But uh, so I've, I've transcribed his response, and he said, "If they, the people who want to put up the Deadpool statue, are looking for the public to pay for the statue, the city taxpayers, then the answer would be no. But if that individual is in, uh, um, sorry, if it's an, initi- an initiative by the private sector, and if this person is very enterprising and there are ways that they can raise money to do this, I don't think it would be I." I think it would be, I don't think it would be inexpensive, sorry. Uh, if that proceeds a long way, then let's have a conversation. He just pointed out that he thought a Deadpool statue could cost upwards of six figures, uh, and that with all the other issues the city is facing, that uh, they can't 
fund the money for that. But if someone has the resources and can find the way to get a statue, then he would be very happy to have the conversation mm-hmm. about a Deadpool statue. I would well, just like to point out at this juncture that we are broadcasting on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina's Community Radio. Yeah. Continue. From the from the room down the hall from the Forbidden Laboratory underneath City Hall. It doesn't like to be talked about too much. So I guess so. I guess there's two ways you can look at that. On the one hand, that's great. I thought the uh, the kind of flippant nope that he that uh, Mayor Michael Fougere tweeted was maybe not the best response um, because we don't want Regina to be the city that rhymes with nope. Nobody mm-hmm. wants that. That is a terrible tourism and marketing slogan. The city that rhymes with nope. But now we're the city that rhymes with maybe you guys should get a Kickstarter. Now we're the city that rhymes with. Possibly down the road we can have a conversation if certain conditions are met. Now, if by conversation that means the city can bring something to the table, um, perhaps some land for a statue, uh, perhaps some coordination efforts, and perhaps some willingness to um, to support this initiative with some promotion, uh, that would be great. Uh, I, I think it would be great if the if the citizens of Regina and if the private sector could raise m- the money for the statue. Um, no, no real problem there. But if have a conversation means that uh, the mayor of Regina says that people have permission to build a statue in Regina on their own property, and he's willing to have a conversation about that, I'd, I'd, I wouldn't know what that means. So I'm assuming that this was an offer of help. I'm hoping. Well, I don't know. If you're that, if you are that enterprising individual who wants to, you know, find the funding, you should have a conversation. Oh, me? I'm not enterprising at all. I'm the guy with the hot take. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm just talking about this stuff. I'm all talk and no action here, right? You're a hot take. We know this, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As they say in the Pat Benatar song, hot taker, heartbreaker. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I thought it was hit me with your best take. So has anybody it's thought about where the statue. statue might go? Or has do, you, do you have an idea? No, I, <laughs> I, I think I do. Although, although crime in Regina has gone up again this year, so I wonder if that... You know. Do you think you could put out a, uh, <laughs> a, a Deadpool statue, like one of those uh, plastic owls that you put on your house yeah. to scare away the pigeons? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You put up a plastic Deadpool to scare away crime? Could, could, could we have multiple <laughs> Deadpool, yeah. multiple Deadpool statues? Like we could have them in different places in the city? I thought they could make a really interesting bike rack, you know. You could, yeah. You could just basically hand your bike to the statue or wrap its arm around it. And, we, yeah. we and then somebody took your bike. They, he'd yeah. shoot their kneecaps out. Yeah, exactly. Or, well, <laughs> he likes a sword, so it might be decapitation. He right. could just slice someone's head right off, a bike thief's head. I, th- I think what we were failing to see here is that we already have a Deadpool statue just waiting to be sort of adorned properly. I'm uh, sure there's... Some- one in somebody's basement somewhere. Well, there's there's a there's a great statue in Victoria Park, as we speak, and and just in the like. Wait, the South wait Park. a second. Are you talking about the statue of John A. Macdonald holding a chimichanga? Yes, or shall we say Deadpool holding a chimichanga? All the chimichanga is already there. I know. Dead, so, I hear Deadpool really loves chimichangas. By the way, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we always wondered why that sculpture had him holding a chimichanga. Now we know. So are you are you suggesting that perhaps when the statue was made, it was painted to look like Deadpool and the paint just washed off and yep. because we haven't invested in maintenance money on that statue? Yeah, it's just Deadpool with 18th century hair, basically. Sure. Yeah. I'll buy that. Yeah. All, All right. right. 
Well, I I think we've exhausted that issue. I feel um, exhausted. Yeah. Yes. Uh, can we uh, can we write up a report then on yep. the statue and I'll, send it upstairs? I'll write a report. It'll be it'll be ready within the next forty eight hours. All right, and we'll let uh, we'll let the mayor know that Stephen Wentworth is willing to take this project on, and he'll be like the uh, go to man. Yes. If by go to man, guy who has hot takes. Hot take man. And yeah, hot take man. Hot taker. All right. All right. So motion to adjourn the meeting. I will, I will. raise motion. Okay, I'll second that motion. Okay, motion passed. You have been listening to the weekly broadcast of the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina's Community Radio. Thank you very much to Chris Kaling from Regina Advocates for Design and Stephen Whitworth of Prairie Dog Magazine for being on the show. Also, thank you to uh, Ryan Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire, for providing our wonderful theme music. Uh, you can find us at uh, Facebook, Queen uh, City Improvement Bureau, or Twitter, uh, Queen City, at Queen City ID. Also, we have our own website, uh, queencityid.com. But if you want to go to the source, go to cjtr.ca, and you can find us there. We'll broadcast Thursday nights and rebroadcast Monday mornings. So, keep on improving.